This message is brought to you by Living Faith Church. You can find us on the web at livingbyfaith.com. Why don't you open your Bibles to Exodus chapter 6. Therefore say to the children of Israel, I am the Lord. I will bring you out from under the burden of the Egyptians. I will rescue you from their bondage. And I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great judgments. I will take you as my people and I will be your God. Then you shall know that I am the Lord, your God, who brings you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. Excuse me. And I will bring you into the land which I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And I will give it to you as a heritage. I am the Lord. We started talking last week about a little bit more about purpose. And I want to continue on that this morning because what I want to do is I want to get us established on a solid groundwork so that we can step into the new year and make some fundamental changes to things that are going to propel us into what God's design is for our life. Babel and froth are exciting and motivational, but it doesn't do anything to get you anywhere. So what we want to do is we want to get hold of what God's truth is and we want to move ourselves in that direction. People want to live lives of consequence. It is built into people to live a life of consequence. People want to know that their life is worth something and that they're actually making some meaningful impact in the world. You cannot escape that. The thing is, the way that God created us to be is this you see, this is what happens in the new year. You can't get too many peas out. <clears throat> it's what happens when God has created you as purpose-driven people. There is something on the inside of you that is looking for an opportunity to realize the fulfillment of what he's put on the inside of you. And that's why people, whether you're born again or not, are looking for the opportunity to do something with their life that is consequential. The challenge that we have is that all of us have to live life. And the minute you start engaging with life, you realize the fact that it places demands on you that eat up a whole bunch of your time. The funny thing about it is we find ourselves in places where we get caught in commutes and we spend long hours at work and then we have to spend overtime at work and then we have to end up at Wegmans because we've got shopping to do and then we've got groceries that have to be bought and we've got food that has to be cooked and we've got kids that have to be fed and homework that has to be done and by the time it comes to the end of the evening we realize you know what my day has been full but then I realize purpose the problem with so many people is that we're so caught up in function that we struggle to find purpose We keep our lives busy, we do a lot of stuff, but we don't always realize purpose. And the challenge with it is, it kind of perpetuates itself, because you wake up in the morning and you realize, I've actually got to get going really early because the traffic is bad today, so a whole cycle begins all over again, and I'm back on my commute. We don't get out of the cycle. But maybe it's not the cycle, it's the problem. Now you're listening. Everybody wants to feel as, that their life is, as though their life is consequential. I don't want to do mediocre things. I don't want to do things that are inconsequential. I want to do stuff that has some meaningful impact in my world and in the lives of people around about me. Every time you have a look at an army, an army has generals in it. And generals are important. 
We need to have generals because they give direction, they give influence, they affect the lives of the soldiers. But in essence, the army is by and large made up of soldiers. It's the soldiers who find themselves out on the battlefield. It's the soldiers who are in the trenches. It's the soldiers who win the battle. It's not the general. And the challenge with it is because you have so many people who fall into the category of soldier, it's important to keep them motivated. Why are you fighting for what you're fighting for? The reason that they get into the trenches and the reason that they prepare to even give their life for something is because they have, are sold out to a bigger purpose. I'm prepared to give my life for freedom. I'm prepared to give my life for liberty. I'm prepared to give my life for independence. There is something bigger than who I am that I'm prepared to sacrifice everything necessary to make sure that that goal is achieved and accomplished. The purpose is, what I'm saying is this. God has a big agenda that's at play. And God is a redemptive God. And ever since the fall, God has been engaged in redemption. And it's not only about redeeming humankind, but it's about redeeming the earth back to God's original design. Anytime we detach from God's big plan, what ends up happening is we fall down into our small lives once again. And all that happens is we fulfill function. We do stuff every day. But I don't know what the purpose of it is. I don't recognize introductions that are there. I don't recognize opportunities to make meaningful contributions and changes to impact the world around about me because I'm detached from the big vision. God has a big plan that's at play. And God has called all of us to recognize what that big plan is. And when we understand what it is that he's trying to do, when we recognize his purpose in the earth, we are able to step into an identifying of what my role is within that. Luke chapter 16 and verse 10 says, If you can be trusted in little, you will be trusted with much. What is it saying? It's saying God wants to use you. God sees you as an important component in his grand plan. It's saying that God is going to take and give things to you so that you can recognize and realize your purpose in the earth. And what he's going to do is he's going to give you something and say, what are you going to do with it? Every time he introduces you to revelation, every time he creates an opportunity in your life, he's looking to see what you do with it. Anytime we squander something, God's sitting saying, I need for you to be able to overcome that. I need for you to recognize the value of that and integrate it into your life so that you can step into a new dimension, a more expansive way of living so that you can realize that. When you've taken that and appropriated it for your life and it's made an impact in who you are, I can give you something more. I'm not going to give you anything more until you've made something with what you've got right now. Part of the problem that we have with so many people in the body of Christ is they know a whole bunch of stuff, but it hasn't affected who they are. It hasn't had consequence and impact in the way that they realize and they engage with the world. God's sitting saying, I don't want you to know stuff. I want you to be that. He's not looking for what we know. It's look, he's looking for who we are and what we do. Faithfulness. To what degree are we faithful and to what degree do we honor and do we steward what it is that God has given us? Those are things that are not inconsequential. 
What, he wants to, what God is looking for is to sit and say, if I gave you something, do you recognize the value of that, even though in your grand economy it may seem inconsequential? God is wanting to do something in our lives. God looks at Israel, and Israel finds himself in slavery. Israel finds him at a place <clears throat> when they're incapacitated and they're unable to live out purpose and what God's plan is for his people. They may be his people, but they're in captivity. They may be his people, but they're in slavery. And God's sitting saying, you know what I want to do? I need, I need to take you and move you out of that space. And I need to put you in a place where you're able to recognize and realize who you are and step into purpose. I want you to know something. God is committed to taking you and liberating you from where you are. God is a redemptive God. Any time that you find yourself in a place where you feel as though you're trapped by something, you're bound by something, you're enslaved by something, and it may be a bad habit, it may be a bad attitude, it may be all kinds of things. God's redemptive power is there, and he's going to do whatever is necessary to be able to take you out of that place and move you to a place of liberation. God will pay whatever cost was necessary. He was going to do whatever was necessary in order to take his people out of Egypt and move them into a new place so that they could realize who they were and they could step into purpose. Egypt went through a whole bunch of plagues, lice, boils, frogs, locusts, blood river. Until eventually Pharaoh said, you know what? I'll let you go. I will let you go. And out they went. But then he changed his mind. And he sent his army after them. But what happened? The Redeemer was available. And the Redeemer made a way of escape. And he destroyed the Egyptian army. And they found themselves in the desert. And the Redeemer provided food for them. So that they had manna every day and they had quail to eat. The Redeemer provided direction for them and gave them a pillar a fire and a cloud. He provided healing for them. He provided direction for them. If you were to go to an, an, an Israelite and you, say, you were to say to him, tell me about what redemption means in your life. They'd have a real story. They'd be able to sit and say to you, you know what? I know a redemptive God. Let me tell you what the redemptive God means to me. A redemptive God is a champion. The redemptive God is the one who liberated us. The redemptive God is the one who delivered us. The redemptive God is the one who provided for us. The redemptive God is the one who gave us direction. They had very real history with a real God. Redemption is not something which kind of exists somewhere and should have no bearing on our Christian lives. We need to have a history and we need to have markers in our life where we sit and say, you know what? If you want to speak to me about redemption, I can talk to you about what the Redeemer has done in my life. <laughs> Jesus came as the Christ, as the Redeemer. He came to set us free. The question is, do you know him as the liberator? Do you know him as the defender? Do you know him as the provider? Do you know him as... How do you know Jesus the Christ? We need to have a history that is full and that is replete with real engagement and real encounters with a real God. 
God is at work and God is wanting to work in our lives and God is wanting to do some real stuff to make some real changes so that we recognize that we can step into a real relationship with him and go forward on that basis. He's not some God who's just way up there somewhere and inaccessible and we read about him when we get to church. It's important. It's fundamental. That we recognize that God has, is, is consequential in, in who he is and what he's all about. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7 says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Jesus paid the price for your redemption. Redemption needs to be meaningful in our life. It's not just taking us out of something, but taking us into something more. Redemption is important. <clears throat> I want to read this to you because it's, we, I, I want to read it out of the Passion. But if you have a look in Philippians. Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 to 14. You can make a note of it, but I want to read it to you out of the Passion. I admit that I haven't yet acquired the absolute fullness that I'm pursuing. But I run with passion into his abundance so that I may reach the purpose that, that Jesus Christ has called me to fulfill and wants me to discover. I don't depend on my own strength and accomplish, to accomplish this. However, I do have one compelling focus. I forget all of the past as I, have for, fasten, as I fasten my heart to the future instead. I run straight for the divine invitation of reaching the heavenly goal and gaining the victory prize through the anointing of Jesus. What he's talking about is this. Redemption doesn't just take us out of something and leave us. Redemption doesn't just take us out of something and just leave you there to do whatever you want to do. There is a purpose to redemption. And the whole point of redemption is to take you out of something and to move you into something new. The whole purpose of redemption is redefining who you are. The whole purpose of redemption is doing something on the inside of you so that you become aware of the fact that I'm supposed to be part of the children of God. I'm supposed to represent him where I am. That's the whole purpose of it. And it means putting those things that I've been behind me and it means stepping forward into something new. The problem with it is we can't always define what the newness is. We come out of something, but we just celebrate the fact that we're free. We celebrate, celebrate the fact that we came out of it. We don't recognize that there is a bigger plan at place. <clears throat> the purpose of redemption was not simply to take Israel from a place of slavery and put them into a place of freedom. It was to take them out of slavery and introduce them to covenant. That's part of the problem that we have with so many Christians. We believe that we've been taken from slavery into freedom. Freedom is nebulous. Freedom means, well, you just define what you want to do from that point onwards. That's the problem with the hyper grace movement. What it says is, God set you free and he's moved you into something now. But you know what? Everything's covered. Everything's under grace. Live how you want. Do anything you want to do because you're free. God never introduced you to freedom. He introduced you to covenant. He took Israel out of Egypt, and what was one of the first things he did? He met Moses on Mount Sinai, and he said, I'm going to give you something called the law. 
What is he saying to him? He was saying, I've taken you people out and I'm going to start giving you something that's going to introduce you to who I am. Because I want you to reflect who I am in the earth. I want you to begin to look like who I am. So as a result of that, let me tell you, these are the kinds of things that you should be representing. He was giving them definition and idea as to if they were to be people of God, how they were to be separate from every other nation. He was taking them out of something, but he was calling them into something new. The whole purpose of Christ is that he modeled for us what it was to live in covenant. What did he say? He said, I will write my laws on their hearts. It's different to what, the, what Israel had because we have the Holy Spirit. And before Israel had to take what God had given them and try to implement it so that they could look like God on the earth. We're in a different place. We're under a different covenant. And what Jesus says, I've provided for you something called the Holy Spirit because he's going to take the things that are so important to me. The things that define who I am. The things that define my character and my nature. And I'm going to take those things. I'm going to write them on the inside of who you are so that you can begin to give expression to them. He didn't just call us out of bondage, put us in freedom. He called us out of bondage to pray us into covenant where he's redefining who we are. He's building us up. He's giving us an understanding of who we are in Christ. He's giving us an understanding of our identity and our character and the nature that's on the inside of us. And he's sitting saying, all of those things are so fundamental because when you can recognize your identity, you'll begin to recognize purpose. When you can recognize what it is to be in him, you'll begin to recognize purpose. The biggest challenge God had in liberating Israel was not getting them out of Egypt. The biggest challenge that God had with Israel, was getting Egypt out of them. The challenge with it was, he was able to take the shackles off their hands. He was able to get the shackles off their feet. He was able to liberate them and move them and get them out of a place where they were in slavery and introduce them to what it is that he wanted to do. They were outside of the limitations and the encumbrances that Egypt put on the inside of them. The problem with it was, is that it was their responsibility to deal with the shackles in their mind. They were introduced to freedom for a purpose. The freedom was to step into covenant. Covenant was about redefining who you are. And God was sitting saying, I'm giving you the opportunity to redefine who you are. You don't have to be the way you used to be. You don't have to live as a slave anymore. You can come out of that. I can set you free. But the thing about it is you have the responsibility of understanding what covenant is all about and making that a reality on the inside of what's happening here. I cannot take the shackles out of your mind. I can give you what you need to get out of it, but you have to do it because you have your own free will. What happened? They spent years wandering around in the desert with God creating opportunity for them to sit and say, let me show you who I am. Let me reveal for you to you once again, another aspect of who I am and my character and my provision. And the fact that I want to make of you something called God's people, somebody different in the earth. Do you want it? Will you embrace it? 
It was leading somewhere because he ultimately took them to the place and he said, this is what I want you to inherit. This is what I've taken you out for. I want for you to realize the promise of everything. Do you believe me? What did they say? God, we want to thank you for your redemption. And God, we thank you for taking us through the desert. And we just want to thank you for all that you've provided for us. But! But! And what did he say? You get nothing because of your unbelief. I can't fix you inside your mind. I can create opportunity for you. But if you don't grab a hold of it and you don't do something with who you are and the way that you live, the way that you think and the way that you behave, what will end up happening is you'll die in the wilderness. You will never inherit the promise. It's not because I didn't provide for it. It's not because it wasn't available to you. It wasn't because I was trying to encourage you to step into it. It's because you couldn't get rid of the shackles in your mind. That's the problem that we have with so many people. They come to a place where God touches their lives in an incredible way. Not only when they get born again, but people who've been delivered from all kinds of things. People who've been delivered from alcohol and from drugs and from pornography. People who've been delivered from places where they've had really bad attitudes and they've been at places where they're mean and ugly. People who've been delivered from places where they have impatience. Silly little things that affect every... And they step outside of that and they step into something new. And God's sitting saying, okay, so what are you going to do with that right now? What do you want to do with it? I'll set you free, but you've got to have something that replaces that. Part of the problem with so many Christians is that we move from a place of, liber- to, of liberation and God sets us free from something. The challenge with it is, is that we don't have the technical skills, the skills and the ability to move forward in the way that God wants us to do stuff. We haven't established those on the inside of us. We need to spend time with the Holy Spirit so that we have the life skills to do things. If you've been set free from alcohol, it's not a good idea to go wandering by the bar every day. Get rid of the alcohol in your house. There's some practical things. This, what I'm saying is this. God is going to take us out of something. But the point of it is, when God redeems you and God sets you free from something, he's saying, I want to introduce you to something new. And it's an opportunity exists for us to sit and say, I'm going to grab a hold of that and I'm going to step forward into what God has provided for me. People have been brought out and God has redeemed them. And the problem with it is they've never recognized the fact that they are a child of God. And so their sense of self-worth is still compromised. It's still stuck back in slavery. And so what ends up happening is I have broad parameters on my life. And I let anybody do whatever to me. And I let people walk all over me. And I tolerate stuff and I put up with stuff that I should be putting my foot down to. But you know what? I'm not established in the fact that I have a strong identity and as a child of God. I don't have to put up with that anymore. People believe all kinds of stuff when they're in slavery. Where's God? Why doesn't God deliver us? What do I think about myself? What do I think about being a God child? 
They think all kinds of things. They begin to believe all kinds of things. And the problem with it is, when we believe something, we fall in love with it. To believe is to be in love with. We fall in love with ideas. I don't believe God works in that way anymore. You've just got to believe. The problem with it is when God comes and God arrives on your doorstep and he says, I want to liberate you and I'm going to move you from a place of where you are and I'm going to set you free and I want you to experience what it is to step into redemption. What's going to come with you is all your beliefs. And he's going to sit and say, well, what do you want to do with that now? Our beliefs are to be redefined. That's the whole purpose of renewing your mind. All of those things that you've fallen in love with, all of those things that you hold so dear to you, all of those things that define the way that you live and you think and you act and you behave and you feel. God's sitting saying, let's get into the toy box and let's see what's in there. Some of it might be okay. Some of it may need modification. And some of it may need to get thrown out. But everything will be affected. Everything will be affected. If you don't like growth, you're going to struggle as a believer. The whole point about being a believer is that my life is fundamentally built on beliefs. And if I recognize that a believer means I'm allowing God access to that space, it means that God is going to come in and he's going to shake some of that stuff. And he's going to throw out some toys and he's going to change some toys and he's going to put some new ones in there. And some of the ones that I have, he's going to stretch and make bigger. Why? Because he's looking for us to step in to become God's people. We're here to be God's people. We're not here without purpose. We're not here without definition. When we recognize who we are and we recognize that we're supposed to be different to the world and we understand our identity and we move out in the confidence of that, what ends up happening, we step into everyday life and suddenly things begin to happen. And I might just be on my commute, but you know what? I get to the office and suddenly I recognize and I see somebody sitting in their car and they're sick as a dog and God says, just go and pray for them. I didn't have time for that before because I was going to be late. And I rushed right by. What ends up happening? All of a sudden, little things in life take on a whole new meaning and a whole new significance. God puts people in places for different reasons. Because you're able to touch people's lives and influence lives that other people won't. Because you have a domain called your family. And you're raising up people, little people. And how are you influencing them so that they can grow up and be great world changers when they get older? You live in a place with a spouse. Do you love them? Do you take care of them? Or do you want from them? Do you recognize that your responsibility as a husband is to love them and for them to to encourage them to be everything that they should be? God is doing stuff. God is changing us. God is bringing us from a place where we've been. And he's bringing us to a place where he's inviting us to interrogate the fundamentals and the things that constitute our lives. (laughs) why because he's positioning us for purpose people decide that they want to be a marine because they've seen the ads on tv they've seen the commercials and they love it and i can get out there and it's an adventure and i can be cool and i can be like rambo and nobody probably knows who rambo is these days i'm showing my age 
Whatever, whoever the superhero is nowadays. You want to be a Marine. So what do you do? You go and sign up. You signed up to be a Marine. But you're not a Marine. Just because you put your name on the dotted line, you're not a Marine. They'll take you. And they'll say, you want to be built for greatness? Is that what you're signing up for? Okay, then let's make something of you. Let's make something of you. And they're going to push you to the limits. Physically, emotionally, psychologically. There are going to be sides to you that you didn't even recognize. There's going to be potential to you that you didn't even think existed. They're going to push you beyond the physical limits and you thought I could go no further. And they've had to take you and they've got you to places and you thought I didn't think that I could do it. Not everybody makes it. Because it's too hard. I can't get up when I want. I can't go to bed when I like. People are shouting at me all day. So I'll just check out. I signed up to be a Marine. But I never got there. It's when you get out from being a Marine. It's when you've been through training. It's when you've been through everything. It's when you've been stretched. When every part of you has been pulled as, as much as it can. When you get to the other side and you recognize potential and abilities on the inside of you that you never knew were there. It's when they've taken skill sets and put it on the inside of you so that your capacity and your ability to make meaningful changes in situations are available to you. That's when you come out and you sit and say, I'm a Marine. Put me where you need me to be because I can do some damage. that's the challenge we have with the body of Christ we all want to sign up to be marines everybody loves it that God is the liberator that God is the redeemer that God is going to take us somewhere and he says that's right I've got you to sign on on the dotted line because this is the most exciting life you can lead now what I'm going to do is this let's get into the toy box Because I want to get you somewhere. Because when you get out of training, I want you to understand something. You're going to be so solid and you're you're going to be so established. You're going to understand who you are. You're going to understand your capabilities. You're going to understand the reason that God wants to build on the inside of you a character. And he wants to put on in the inside of you a power. So that when he puts you into circumstances and situations, you recognize purpose immediately. And you sit and say, this is what I'm here to do. When you walk into situations, change happens. We've got to stop because we've got such a weird church mindset. We think church all the time. And we think if I go into a setting, how am I going to get all these people born again? It's a board meeting. Maybe he's not calling you to get them born again. What he's calling you to do is he's sitting saying, you know what? You just come out and you come up with the greatest ideas about how the company can expand and how it can overcome problems and how it can overcome challenges and how it can create new jobs and opportunities for people. And then people sit and say, tell us a little bit about you. That's about taking who he is and who he's created you to be and taking it out into an environment that's not a godly environment. We don't need more people in ministry. We need more people in the world. God's going to do stuff in your life and in your environment. You, you may be sitting there as a teacher. Do you know what? 
you have a whole year with 30 students. You have a whole year with 30 students. What can you put in 30 people's little, young, developing, influential lives if you've got 365 days with them? Well, I'm not allowed to mention God. You don't have to mention God. You just live love. You just make them recognize the fact that God created them with purpose and he loves them so very much. And that whoever you may find yourself right now, you know what? It doesn't matter what other people tell you. Don't worry about bullies. Don't worry about any of that stuff. I want you to know something. That's part of life. But you get solid and you get established on the inside of it. Because somebody much bigger than you loves you more than you'll ever realize. You start to put things on the inside of them that see them. And you know what? The opportunity will come at some point where they sit and say, tell me a little bit more about this. Why do you say that? We call to things greater. We call to bigger issues. We call to purpose. God has a grand plan. God's grand plan is a, re- is a grand plan of redemption. God is in the process of taking a fallen and a broken humanity. He's in the process of taking a broken world and restoring it to his original design. And he's inviting you to be a key player in that. If you have a look at Luke Chapter 4, verse 18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. We need a holistic gospel for a world that is in a holistic mess. We need a holistic gospel for a world that's in a holistic mess. It's no good just telling people to get born again. That's getting them to sign on the dotted line. People want to know what their purpose is. Yes, you're going to sign on the dotted line, but I want you to know something. Jesus is going to introduce you to life of a superior nature. It's going to, be, it's going to mean redefinition. It's going to mean discovery. It's going to mean that God's going to put some stuff on the inside of you. It's going to mean change. It's going to mean expansion. But you're going to end up at a better place down the way. You're going to understand who you are. You're going to understand what your purpose is. And you're going to live a life of meaning. God doesn't want UPS Christians. You know what a UPS Christian is? I'm here to deliver the package. I don't need anything from my UPS delivery man. Just give me the package. We have lots of Christians that are UPS Christians. I'll just tell you what the Bible says. But God says it's not enough. I can't just leave you as a UPS Christian. I need for you to get to a place where you understand that you need to live the gospel. You've got to live the redemption. You have to evidence it in your life and in your actions. Because people are looking for authenticity. People are looking for something that they sit and say, I appreciate the package, but what really makes a difference is you. Unless the church is a church. That is grounded in purpose and power. 
we will be ineffective and irrelevant in a world that needs us. We've substituted purpose with form and ritual. And we've told people how they need to be morally upright. But we're not transformational. God is calling the church to make Marines. God is sitting saying, I want to make somebody out of you. I didn't say it would be easy. Because you know, when you've lived in slavery all of your life, you may sit there and think that you're nothing and you're no good. It may be hard. It may be a stretch. But I want you to know something. When you grab a hold of who you are, it'll change your life. Just because it's hard doesn't mean that it's wrong. Yes, you may be at a person who's, who struggles with your temper and it's really bad and you need to deal with that stuff. He's going to take you outside of that. And yes, it may mean, you know what? Holy Spirit, I've got to rely on you in ways that I've never relied on you before. But I'm looking for your redemption in this. Not just to take me and to deliver me from that, but I want to thank you that you take me to a place where you are my peace in situations. And I deal with situations from the love that you give me. He's doing something in our lives. He's changing who we are so that we can be more effective. So we recognize purpose and we live from that place. Make it a great year. Make it a great year. You're a Marine in the making, but you're out in the field. You don't have the luxury of six minutes, uh, six minutes, six months of boot camp off on your own somewhere. God's sitting saying, I'm going to work with you on the battlefield. It's okay. We can do this. But I want you to recognize the fact that he's calling us to a real relationship. When he touches on stuff in our lives, he's doing it for a reason. He's not doing it just because he has got nothing else to do. He's sitting saying, I understand what's coming up. I know what your purpose is. I know what I need you to do. And that's going to get in the way. 